This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents May Sarton reading her own poetry. It reveals her unique vision through more than five decades of experiencing the natural world. Prisoner at a Desk It is not so much trying to keep alive as trying to keep from blowing apart from inner explosions every day. I sit here open to psychic changes, living myself as if I were a land or mountain weather, the quick cycles where we are tossed from the ice age to bursts of spring to sudden torrents of rain like tears breaking through iron. It is all I can do to keep tethered down No prisoner at a desk, but an ocean or forest where waves and gentle leaves and strange wild beasts under the groves and whales in all their beauty under the blue can gently rove together, still untamed, where all opens and breathes and can grow. Whatever I have learned of good behavior withers before these primal powers. Here at the center, governess or censor no longer has command. The soul is here, inviolable splendor that exists alone. Prisoner at a desk? No. Universe of feeling, where everything is seen and nothing mine to plead with or possess. Only partake of, as if at times I could put out a hand and touch the lion head, the unicorn. Here there is nothing, no one, not a sound, except the distant rumor, the huge cloud of archetypal images that feed me. Look, there are finches at the feeder, my parrot, Screams with fear at a cloud. Hyacinths are budding. Light is longer. The Phoenix. It is time the big bird with the angry neck we have cajoled and cursed went home to die, or whatever he must do when his heart would burst. For his wild desire pulses over our heads and opens the secret night passage of wings that madden without release when the phoenix is in flight. Let him go, stretching his long legs clumsy on this harsh ground. Let him flee to the soft black marshes he remembers or the gentle mother tree. Let him go. He has shaken the house at night. His wings have clouded our dream and there is no peace for his lost cry at daybreak and at night his terrible scream. He flames through the morning, yet he never sings. He only makes that strange lost cry. He is angry all the time. Let him find his tree and make his nest and die. Though he is God's own angel in disguise, we cannot bear another angry word nor look into those cold and jeweled eyes, O pitiless, 
strange bird. Will he come back? Will he come back all shining from his dark death to bring the true message, the gentle, that all his torment was desperate to sing? Or what if it were not he at all, not he who must consume himself to be reborn, but we ourselves, who drove an angel from us because our hearts were torn. The Lady and the Unicorn, the Cluny Tapestries I am the unicorn, and bow my head. You are the lady woven into history, and here forever we are bound in mystery our wine, imagination, and our bread, and I, the unicorn who bows his head. You are all interwoven in my history, and you and I have been most strangely wed. I am the unicorn, and bow my head, and lay my wildness down upon your knee. You are the lady woven into history, and here forever we are sweetly wed with flowers and rabbits in the tapestry. You are the lady woven into history. Imagination is our bridal bed. We lie ghostly upon it, no word said. Among the flowers of the tapestry, I am the unicorn, and by your bed come gently, gently to bow down my head Lay at your side this love, this mystery, and call you Lady of my Tapestry. I am the unicorn, and bow my head to one so sweetly lost, so strangely wed. You sit forever under a small formal tree, where I forever search your eyes to be rewarded with this shining tragedy. And know your beauty was not cast for me. Know we are woven all in mystery, the wound imagined where no one has bled. My wild love chastened to this history where I before your eyes bow down my head. The Swans I think this was a dream, and yet we saw the stone bridge and the still canal, and I remember how Laburnum threw a gold rain on the water very well. After all, what we saw may have been true. There in a rocky angle, the two swans on a small platform fashioned like a stage in all that watery world were rooted ones, and face to face the snowy double image stood entranced there among the ancient stones. Then, as we watched, the ritual play began. They arched their wings full span and shivered once, then gravely bowed their heads, and swan to swan lifted their heavy bodies in the dance, their long necks sinuous upon silence, their long necks writing figures on the air 
as if, like skates on ice, their beaks must draw a precise pattern, and what was written there repeated with a concentrated awe, until the tension seemed too great to bear. In one ecstatic motion, straight and pure, the weaving necks were lifted, and each now stretched to the sky, as if it could endure the little space between them better so, and trembled how immaculate they were. Who would not pray, looking at such a scene, to be alive, passionate, part of the dance, and gladly yielding up all that is human, become a part of natural delight for once? Lovers take on the grave shape of the swan. HarperCollins is the copyright owner of this recording. HarperCollins has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kHz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright law to copy these recordings in any other way. Harper Audio is a trademark of HarperCollins Publishers, Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio has been provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly and & Associates. Network connectivity provided by UUNet Technologies and by MFS Datanet. This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents Mae Sarton reading her own poetry. It reveals her unique vision through more than five decades of experiencing the natural world. The Muse as Medusa I saw you once, Medusa. We were alone. I looked you straight in the cold eye, cold. I was not punished, was not turned to stone. How to believe the legends, I am told. I came as naked as any little fish, prepared to be hooked, gutted, caught. And I saw you, Medusa, made my wish, and when I left you, I was clothed in thought being allowed, perhaps, to swim my way through the great deep and on the rising tide, flashing wild streams as free and rich as they, though you had power marshaled on your side. The fish escaped to many a magic reef. The fish explored many a dangerous sea. The fish, Medusa, did not come to grief but swim still in a fluid mystery. Forget the image. Your silence is my ocean. And even now it teems with life. You chose to abdicate by total lack of motion. But did it work? For nothing really froze. 
It is all fluid still, that world of feeling, where thoughts, those fishes, silent, feed and rove. And fluid, it is also full of healing, for love is healing, even rootless love. I turn your face around, it is my face. That frozen rage is what I must explore. O secret, self-enclosed and ravaged place. This is the gift I thank Medusa for. Metamorphosis. Always it happens when we are not there. The tree leaps up alive into the air. Small open parasols of Chinese green wave on each twig. But who has ever seen the latch sprung, the bud as it burst? Spring always manages to get there first. Lovers of wind, who will have been aware of a faint stirring in the empty air, look up one day through a dissolving screen to find no star but this multiplied green, shadow on shadow, singing sweet and clear. Listen, lovers of wind, the leaves are here. Mozart again. Now it is Mozart who comes back again all garlanded in green, flute, harp, and trumpet, the sweet violin. Each sound is seen. Spring is a phrase. Repeated green refrain, sound of new leaves springing. I see the wind flowing like slanted rain, wind winging. I learn this loving fresh in ancient style. Lightly time flows, and mine a green world for pure joy awhile. Listen, a rose. Leaves are glissando. A long haunting phrase ripples the air. This harpsichord of light that the wind plays, Mozart is there. The Olive Grove Here in the olive grove under the cobalt dome, the ancient spirits move and light comes home and nests in silvery leaves. It makes each branch a cloud and comes and goes and weaves aerial song aloud. Here every branch is gifted with spiritual fruit and every leaf is lifted to brightness from the root. Where the terrestrial plane meets vision and desire, the silver and the green are strung on a great lyre, and leafy seraphim, the sun and shade among, turn each grove to a hymn, whole hillsides are in song. Silvery, shadowy now, the fruit over our head, who lie and hardly know which is light, which is bread. The first autumn for my mother. 
Though in a little while you will be dead again, after this first rehearsal since then and all the pain, still it's not death that spends so tenderly this treasure in leaf-rich golden winds, but life in lavish measure. October spends the aster, riches of purple, blue, lavender, white, that glow in ragged, starry cluster. Then, when November comes, shaggy chrysanthemums, salmon pink, saffron yellow, all coppers, bright and mellow, stand up against the frost and never count the cost. No, it's not death this year, since then and all the pain. It's life we harvest here, sun on the crimson vine. The garden speaks your name. We drink your joys like wine. The House in Winter The house in winter creaks like a ship, snow-locked to the sills and harbored snug in soft white meadows. It is not asleep. When icicles pend on the low roof's lip, the shifting weight of a slow-motion tug may slide off sometimes in a crashing slip. At zero, I've heard a nail pop out from clabbered like a pistol shot. All day this ship is sailing out on light. At dawn we wake to rose and amber meadows. At noon, plunge on across the waves of white. And later, when the world becomes too bright, tack in among the lengthening blue shadows to anchor in black silver pools of night. Although we do not really come and go, it feels a long way up and down from zero. At night, I am aware of life aboard. The scampering presences are often kind, leaving under a cushion a seed hoard. But I can never open any cupboard without a question. What shall I find? A hard nut in my boot? An apple? Cord? The house around me has become an ark as we go creaking on from dark to dark. There is a wilder solitude in winter, when every sense is pricked alive and keen for what may pop or tumble down or splinter. The light itself, as active as a painter, swashes bright flowing banners down the flat white walls. I stand here like a hunter on the kiwive, though all appears quite calm, and feel the silence gather like a storm. HarperCollins is the copyright owner of this recording. 
HarperCollins has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kilohertz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright law to copy these recordings in any other way. Harper Audio is a trademark of HarperCollins Publishers, Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio has been provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly and Associates. Network connectivity provided by UUNet Technologies and by MFS Datanet. This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents Mae Sarton reading her own poetry. It reveals her unique vision through more than five decades of experiencing the natural world. Of the Seasons The Sangre de Cristo Mountains, Santa Fe you spoke of spring and summer as we drove through the pinion spotted through the leopard land, the hammer of sun on the bronze and the violet. You spoke of lilies brushing the horses' necks in spring and dry creeks water rushing in the spring, you told me. I remember all that you said of the sharp cleavage, the heat, the cold that makes the head burn with an inner tension, sound like a glass humming. Words break in crystal air, and silence is always coming. It is here, you told me. And when you spoke of summer, I knew the heat is in waves, and earth begins to shimmer with violent reds and umber. On the naked rock, you told how the fierce path of wind burned the structure bright as gold and rock fire bare, not barren. In the summer, you told me. We did not speak of winter, for then we turned and saw the sun crash and then splinter on peaks till they were flooded with light that aches with rose and all the mountains iced are burned again, and those, you said, are called the blood of Christ. My sisters, oh my sisters, nous qui voulions poser image ineffaçable, comme un delta divin notre main sur le sable. Anna de Noailles. Dorothy Wordsworth, dying, did not want to read. I am too busy with my own feelings, she said. And all women who have wanted to break out of the prison of consciousness, to sing or shout, are strange monsters who renounce the treasure of their silence for a curious, devouring pleasure. Dickinson, Rossetti, Sappho, they all know it. Something is lost, strained, unforgiven in the poet. 
she abdicates from life, or like George Sand, suffers from the mortality in an immortal hand, loves too much, spends a whole life to discover she was born a good grandmother, not a good lover. Too powerful for men, Madame de Stahl, too sensitive, Madame de Sévigné, who burdened where she meant to give, delicate as that burden was and so supremely lovely, it was too heavy for her daughter, much too heavy. Only when she built inward, in a fearful isolation, did any one succeed or learn to fuse emotion with thought. Only when she renounced did Emily begin in the fierce, lonely light to learn to be. Only in the extremity of spirit and the flesh and in renouncing passion did Sappho come to bless. Only in the farewells or in old age does sanity shine through the crimson stains of their mortality. And now we who are writing women and strange monsters still search our hearts to find the difficult answers still hope that we may learn to lay our hands more gently and more subtly on the burning sands, to be through what we make more simply human, to come to the deep place where poet becomes woman, where nothing has to be renounced or given over in the pure light that shines out from the lover, in the warm light that brings forth fruit and flower, and that great sanity, that sun, the feminine power. The Return of Aphrodite Under the wave it is altogether still, alive and still, as nourishing as sleep. Down below conflict, beyond need or will, where love flows on and yet is there to keep, as unconstrained as waves that lift and break, and their bright foam neither to give nor take. Listen to the long rising curve and stress, murmur of ocean that brings us the goddess. From deep she rises, Poised upon her shell, O guiltless Aphrodite, so long absent. The green waves part. There is no sound at all as she advances, tranquil and transparent, to lay on mortal flesh her sacred mantle. The wave recedes. She is drawn back again into the ocean where light leaves a stain. HarperCollins is the copyright owner of this recording. HarperCollins has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kilohertz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright law to copy these recordings in any other way. 
Harper Audio is a trademark of HarperCollins Publishers, Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio has been provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly and Associates. Network connectivity provided by UUNet Technologies and by MFS Datanet. This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents May Sarton reading her own poetry. It reveals her unique vision through more than five decades of experiencing the natural world. On a winter night. On a winter night, I sat alone in a cold room, feeling old, strange at the year's change in firelight. Last fire of youth, all brilliance burning and my ear turning, one dazzling rush like a wild wish or blaze of truth. First fire of age and the soft snow of ash below. For the clean wood, the end was good. For me, an image. For then I saw that fires, not I, burn down and die. That flare of gold turns old, turns cold. Not I. I grow. Nor old nor young, the burning sprite of my delight a salamander in fires of wonder gives tongue, gives tongue. Death and the Turtle I watched the turtle dwindle day by day, get more remote, lie limp upon my hand. When offered food, he turned his head away. The emerald shell grew soft. Quite near the end, those withdrawn paws stretched out to grasp his long head in a poignant, dying gesture. It was so strangely like a human clasp. My heart cracked for the brother creature. I buried him wrapped in a lettuce leaf. The vivid eye sunk inward, a dull stone. So this was it, the universal grief. Each bears his own end knit up in the bone. Where are the dead, we ask, as we hurtle toward the dark, part of this strange creation, one with each limpet, leaf, and smallest turtle, cry out for life, cry out in desperation. Who will remember you when I have gone, my darling ones? Or who remember me? Only in our wild hearts the dead live on. Yet these frail engines bound to mystery break the harsh turn of all creation's wheel. For we remember China, Greece, and Rome, our mothers and our fathers, and we steal from death itself rich store 
and bring it home. A celebration for George Sarton. I never saw my father old. I never saw my father cold. His stride, staccato, vital. His talk, struck from pure metal, simple as gold. And all his learning, only to light a passion's burning. So, beaming like a lesser god, he bounced upon the earth he trod. And people marveled on the street at this stout man's impetuous feet. Loved donkeys, children, awkward ducks. Loved to retell old simple jokes. Lived in a world of innocence where loneliness could be intense. Wrote letters until very late. Found comfort in an orange cat. Rufus and George exchanged no word. But while George worked, his Rufus heard, and neighbors looked up at his light, warmed by the scholar working late. I never saw my father passive. He was electrically massive. He never hurried, so he said, and yet a fire burned in his head. He worked, as poets work, for love, and gathered in a world alive while black and white above his door spoke mystery, the avatar, an Arabic inscription flowed like singing in the name of God. And when he died, he died so swift, his death was like a final gift. He went out when the tide was full, still undiminished, bountiful. The scholar and the gentle soul the passion and the life were whole, and now death's wake is only praise, as when a neighbor writes and says, I did not know your father, but his light was there. I miss the light. An observation. True gardeners cannot bear a glove between the sure touch and the tender root, must let their hands grow knotted as they move with a rough sensitivity about under the earth, between the rock and shoot, never to bruise or wound the hidden fruit. And so I watched my mother's hands grow scarred. She could heal the wounded plant or friend with the same vulnerable yet rigorous love. I minded once to see her beauty gnarled, but now her truth is given me to live. As I learn for myself, we must be hard to move among the tender with an open hand and to stay sensitive up to the end, pay with some toughness for a gentle world. girl with cello. There had been no such music here until a girl came in from falling dark and snow to bring into this house her glowing cello as if some silent, magic animal. She sat, head bent, her long hair all a spill over the breathing wood and drew the bow. There had been no such music here 
until a girl came in from falling dark and snow, and she drew out that sound so like a wail, a rich, dark, suffering joy, as if to show all that a wrist holds and that fingers know when they caress a magic animal. There had been no such music here until a girl came in from falling dark and snow. HarperCollins is the copyright owner of this recording. HarperCollins has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kilohertz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright law to copy these recordings in any other way. Harper Audio is a trademark of HarperCollins Publishers, Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio has been provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly and Associates. Network connectivity provided by UU Net Technologies and by MFS DataNet.